You can take one or two off. All right. Zig at the gig. Coda Crosa dish. What up, homie? Yeah. Welcome to the Zig at the gig podcast, the sea level special edition. Um, Volume two. Title. <laughs> yeah, episode episode two of the Sea Level Special, episode thirty of the Zig at the Gig podcast. Thirty one. I just put one out today. See. Yeah, I know. Thank you like that. I yeah, thought I, I counted today. You would have been you would have been spot on. You were spot on, probably. Yeah, I put one I'm, out. I'm like usually a, more right than you. Anyways, yeah. I have a working title for these episodes. It's uh Seasonal's not enough. But you have the rights to burn your own gasoline. I like it. I like it. You like that? I just I made that up today. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, kicked it off with a nice intro song by The Clash there, Safe European Home, from their second record, Give Them Enough Rope. Yo, yo. That was, for me, that was my favorite Clash record for a long time. The second Same. record. Same. That's a good. I, mean, I can say that about everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know the Clash is rough. Like, because you can make any of those albums fit. What is it? Let me uh, pull up the other thing while we're talking about it. Um. So yeah, what's up with you? Not a man. Just been like. Quarantine. I feel like you, you went to launch in the podcast mode, and then I kind of cut you off. No, no, you're good. You're good. I uh, yeah, just been been quarantining, my friend. I've been like. Hustling, doing all the online stuff, trying to, trying to rework the stream game because my uh my interface that went to my iPod broke, and I can't use OBS because my laptop gets really hot, and like shuts everything down, so I have to find a way to make the phone or the iPad work. You ever try a fan, like a nice wind? Yeah, no. <laughs> just put it outside. No, yeah, it, was, like, it was really windy today, brother. Just, it was really windy, brother. You utilize the elements, you know. So you, so you tell me to not move around too much. Yeah. I'm seeing you move all around. Yeah, I got a very nice mic that allows me to move, oh, okay. to move as much it. as I want. <laughs> you got, you got. I'm you, just imagining you when you get close to your mic on your live streams and it clips like crazy. Yeah, well, I, I think I fixed Even, it. I think oh, I fixed okay. it. Yeah. I was gonna say I saw you were testing again today. Yeah, today's test was pretty much spot on, like as far as like uh, no clippage from the guitar or from a. Uh, um, well, that's good because you've got you've done like eight test videos, so I figured by now. <laughs> yeah, no one, <laughs> no one's gonna care right. when I do a real one. Speaking of streams, I, I got a. I want to bring up a friend. I want to see if you can name this friend. It's probably gonna be a little choppy. But tell me if you can tell <laughs> which one of our friends is this who's uh, probably been quarantined for a bit too long. Oh, I already know. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't quite hear, but I already knew what you were gonna play. <laughs> it's super quiet. It's super. It quiet. is our friend James. <laughs> That, was, video. <laughs> that also made me cry last night. That was so funny. Yeah, I said that. Um, uh, 
But yeah, that's a good lead into, I think, uh, into our first segment, if you want. Which was the Herb. Which is, yeah, the, the Zig at the Gig, just a live stream segment. You know, you, you, you spoke about quarantining and live streaming. Quarantining and live streaming here on Zig at the Gig. Coda Kroos, bringing the live stream and quarantine highlights. All right, what's been a highlight of your? So quarantine? wait, are you playing the song? Because I can't hear. It. You can't hear? I played it. Yeah, yeah. You can hear it on the. You can hear it on the recording. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. As long as yeah, as long as I can hear it. Last time I had records and I was playing them. Yeah, and you can now hear. Dave's it. Got, now Dave's got YouTube. In case you want to, we're in. This is what the Sea Level Podcast is all about. Like, no, no, I'm not using YouTube. I'm using a program that I pay for the rent music. <laughs> <laughs> I changed it. At first, I tried, but that didn't work too well. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, James has but been yeah. a highlight of mine so far. <laughs> That's the, the creepiest this video. The, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about uh, it's get the gig segment. So it's just gigs going on. Uh, we did the first, the other episode about a week ago. We're still in quarantine, so there's still no music gigs going on, but um, still a bunch of live streams. I thought, you know, yeah. do the same, talk about some live streams. You, will you, uh, we did one last week where me and Dave played acoustic at Studio 44 with our friend Jay Sparrow. Um, <laughs> we did like an old school set. And I don't know, people kind of dug it. We, yeah, it like was... we had more fun than they did. So <laughs> we're planning on doing some more live streams. If anyone's got any ideas, shoot it our way. We might do like a crazy location one, you know. I've been Just thinking we do a we crazy. We do one in the woods, getting ready for the Yeti. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We should just hit hit up that guy. <laughs> you know, honestly, you know, yeah. We, me and you. How many times have we gone Sasquatch hunting? At least six. So we need to just <laughs> continue that sneakily with ninja masks and stuff. And he'll never see us coming. Yeah, I said. But yeah, have you been doing any solo ones, or you just been doing a bunch of test videos? Just test. So I can. So I want. I came up <laughs> with an idea that I was really kind of like. So I see all these people doing these rad streams and like a. I, Rad that's like streams. A, that's like a level above live streams. Rad streams. Uh, like bro, natural, you know. But uh, yes. Yeah, man. Herb Albert, <laughs> memories of Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wanted to find a way to do like a kind of like a cross between like a the podcast and a stream. So I wanted to do like a like a bi daily thing where I like find people doing badass stuff and just like do a live stream and plug what they're doing. You know what I mean? So like, so like, uh, do a couple tunes and like on a big sign behind me, be like it, the, the, the virtual shows and this is what they're doing. So I did two and a half and on the second one, my, my interface broke, so I couldn't do it. And I tried all this other stuff and it just fell through. Um, but as far as streams that I've seen, Ben Gage has got a cool one. The Gage House Sessions. He put out a really good one with Dan Soha. And George. Anthony. George, of course. Yeah, George Hartwig. Go check him out on Facebook. Furious George, which I'm going to be completely honest and admit that 
I stupidly never realized that was a play. <laughs> furious George. I always wondered, like, why does he call himself that? He's not furious at all. He's like the nicest guy around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even when he gets mad, I would more so describe him as like cranky, not so much furious. Yeah, yeah like, he doesn't lash out for sure. I'm furious. <laughs> I get furious. <laughs> George is like mildly angry. He's he's the same. You You get angry. You're not furious. You're like, you're like a little upset. Yeah, (laughs) mildly um, angry, angry, angrily. I never realized this play on Curious George, but yeah, check out his his streams on Facebook. Good one. Um, Has Charlie got one coming up? I'm sure he's been doing them. Uh, I've seen a bunch of really cool ones. I saw. Uh, Anderson Pack did one. Oh, really? The other day with his son. He's been do- he's doing it again on tomorrow. He did one last week with his son, and basically what he does is he DJs, but he's not. He's just DJing off his computer, so he's yeah. really bad at it. <laughs> but he has these samples of his son that he made the night before, and the main one that he uses is like a sample of his son going. I gotta take a do, <laughs> and, and he just hits it over and over again. And he'll be DJing, and he'll have the mic, and he'll like pause the song and be like, "We're here in the pack house," and then he'll play the song, and then he'll just hit the sample. I gotta take a duke, do, 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 duke. It's so hilarious, and it's basically him and his son. They just dance around the house while he DJs, and he plays these exclusive like songs that he's never put out, and like new songs and. All kinds of just exclusive stuff, and him and his little uh, son just dance around. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so, no, I didn't see Pox. Um, as far as like professional ones, I I caught John Butler this morning for like the first time. Oh, there you go. That's cool. I missed him this morning. Um, mm-hmm. I saw Thundercat last week when his album came out, which is yeah. an amazing album. He uh, did one that was pretty funny. He was just sitting in his house waving these guns around. Talking about if anyone gets close to him, he's just gonna start shooting him. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, and then the other night they did one of XXX Tentacion. You know, obviously he's not alive, but yeah. they got this concert. I kind of wanted to tell you about this, but I didn't get a chance to yet. They got this concert of his where he played in Los Angeles. Uh, it's from I believe like 2017 or 18 or something something like that maybe i think 17 anyways he uh it was on his first tour like he only really ever did one tour like when yeah. he first popped off he did one tour it was called the revenge tour right when he put out his big mixtape revenge that like made him famous and it was the tape was live in los angeles and basically so when they first announced there and put this out i'm thinking like why are they gonna put out a live video of a rapper it's going to sound so, you yeah. know, the audio is going to be horrible. It's going to be weird footage. You know, I'm thinking, like, how is this going to be? And they ended up editing it super well to where they would take, like, the studio recordings and the live recording and kind of mix them. Huh. So you'd hear, like, the screaming and the live stuff, but you'd yeah. hear the actual track when you needed to hear the track. And then weird. they would bleed the track out when you needed to hear, like, the live track. And they edited it in such a nice, like, perfect, pristine way. I was just so impressed. And Devin came over, like, right at the tail end, so he got to see part of it, too. And he was just, it was really cool, man. It was amazing how they edited this. It was an hour-long set, 
and it was crazy too just seeing the way he like dude he controls a crowd like I've never seen anyone. He's like screaming at them, yelling, <laughs> giving them orders. At one point, he just leaves the stage. He's like, "You guys are aren't doing good enough. I'm not feeling the energy. You Whoa. get yourself right, and I'll come back." And he leaves. <laughs> and there's like 30 people on stage with him. Jeez. So then he's just... like, clear, he's like clear the stage. He gets all these people off the stage. That's that's and ma- makes the crowd get hyper, and then comes back out. Like, <laughs> He's That's climbing awesome. all over the rafters and like in the crowd in the mosh pit, all kinds of crazy stuff. Like it was, it was such a cool video and the way it was edited, it, it was just so awesome. So yeah, I was like, initially when life. you pitched that, that sounds like it'd be fried. Like it sounds like it wouldn't work. Yeah, it'd be really rough. And but it was cool and it was on the live stream. So I don't know if they plan on putting it out in the future or not as like a DVD. I'm sure they will or sorry, just a YouTube video or something. But it was it. They deleted it afterwards. So damn. I watched it twice. It like looped on my TV, but after that, it cut. Yeah, I need to start uh, deleting my test streams because people be hitting me up. <laughs> oh my god! I'm yeah. I ordered that already, bud. How many times do I gotta tell you that? But yeah, I mean, that's. I wonder. Yeah, hopefully. I even had to tell people. I had to reach out and tell people if it says test, don't share it, because then people share your test videos, and then uh, random people are like, "Oh, check out this cool dude," and then they click it, and it's you being like, "Well, sometimes it's we're like, oh man, that dude sucks." And that's just the way I envision it. Yeah. So every time I've told you that before, you do a test video, you delete it right afterwards. I don't get, I don't get what your method to your madness is. Sometimes, most times. Which actually, you know what? That's we're gonna end the zig at the gig segment. That's a perfect segue into my next segment, which is the air it out segment. You want to cue us on the music there, Dave? Which one was that? Uh, it's the Marvin Gaye one. Gotcha. Yeah. Next segment. Check this out, Cody. Oh, you can't hear it. Can't play. Just end it. You can't play more than 30 seconds. Yeah, well, it was a loop, so. <laughs> I was trying to play Pat saying Freak the Week. Oh, that'd be cool, but. Yeah, maybe I'll try. Hold so on. you're not you're not focused on the podcast. You're focused on your. Stories. I am focused on the podcast. All right, air it out with Coda. No, it brings me perfectly into my air it out. <laughs> my first part of the air it out segment, the main crux of my air it out segment. You know, I said I wasn't going to do this every time. Yeah. But I get. I told you, I'm a furious person. You're t- and I'm furious at you. You're the you're the main topic of my air it out segment today. <laughs> You know, okay, it, all right. It's, it's a buildup of many things. <laughs> you know, it could be um, how you don't delete your test videos. Yeah, it could be how you play. You're playing with your toys and not focused. You know, I'm focused, man. I'm just queuing up your next track. <laughs> I can go on and on. There's a list, but the main thing I want to air out is your. Raw and utter hatred for the great David Bowie, <laughs> and I'm just gonna break this down for you okay. in terms. You can you can speak once once I'm done breaking it down. You know I'll I don't let have you, a hatred for Bowie. I, no, see, nope, stop. I'm okay. gonna let you read when I'm done. Okay. 
I'll break it down for you here. So, I, you know, I'm listening to these episodes of your podcast, um, and you always end it with, you know, a clip of the sea level song, and it's like, I told you before, you got to end it with the end of Ziggy Stardust, where he says, Ziggy played guitar. And so here's the thing, it's like, you got a theme song. <laughs> And you've never embraced it. Like you said, how many years now? So I was listening to the podcast with George where you said you talked about the whole Ziggy story. Yeah. How many years now have people been calling you that? At least five, nine. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ever since I've met you. So yeah. it's more than 10. Yeah. It's, it's probably, probably like 15. Yeah. Yeah. And in all those 15 years, which is about like half your life, you know, more maybe. <laughs> Yeah, You've never embraced the fully embraced the theme song that's laid at your feet. So I wanted to present you with um, my name, Dakota. Yes, There's no songs. There's a whole say, album called Coda. Okay. That's Coda. There, there's no songs that say Dakota played guitar <laughs> or Dakota played bass. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna hit you with another one. Uh, George, there's no yeah, song. There well, oh, there's that one where they say guitar. George knows all the chords. Oh yeah, you're right. What's one? That's a bad example. Which one We're is that? Which one is that? <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's um, Sultan's a swing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, uh, Pat. There's no songs that say Pat played the drums. That'd be a horrible song. It might be a great song. No, 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 no. You have a you have a theme song. You got a point. Laid at you your got feet, a point. golden theme song that everyone loves. It's it's like a kind of played out classic rock song, but it's not like it's not like Hotel California or like Don't Stop Believing. You know what I mean? It's a cherished, loved song is laid at your feet and so i'm just telling you you need to go first off you need to learn it you need to go learn every part of it put it in your songbook and it needs to be yeah. something that is requestable at your shows where you are calling yourself ziggy and you're yeah. playing guitar is i hope i know anyone that's listening right now is going to be like duh this is so obvious why yeah. hasn't this done i think i attempted you know, to learn it once and then like it didn't say you realize it's like and, really, really easy and yeah. you could learn it in like 30 minutes. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and then also you need to play at the end of your podcast. You can't have a podcast called Zig at the gig. You could even edit it to where he's like Ziggy. And then you just come in and go at the gig. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you let, know what I mean? let me try that right now. At the gig. It doesn't really work. See? No, that's <laughs> fucking a hundred percent solid, man. <laughs> pull up a pull up a song that says Coda or Pat where you can just do that. I don't think you can. So why don't you count your blessings, baby, <laughs> and just bl- and learn to love David Bowie, okay? That's the first part of the paradigm. Like I went on a little long about that. That was that was a brutal one, yeah. I feel it. I also wanted to air out AT and T is a horrible company. <laughs> I've been dealing with that lately and uh I want to ask anyone listening to the podcast how long they've ever been on hold with a company because I was on hold with AT&T for 
so many, many hours. Like two? Two in one sitting. If you count up all the times, it was about like eight or, or maybe like six or six Damn. or seven. I'm just trying to get a hold of them, man. I oh, guess man. with all the stuff going on, yeah. they got the same amount of calls. But so basically, I had to just keep calling them, and I had to get the right time. I finally got the right time. But um, that's definitely a trick. So with Eric out, those are the two negatives. You want to do two positives. I wanted to do one positive and just say, um, art is awesome. <laughs> True. That's a positive, you know. Yeah. I'm like obsessing over visual like comic book art i showed you yeah. some stuff last time we were hanging out but uh i just been hitting up like smaller artists you know to try to get like little pieces done for for like 50 bucks some artists even do like 25 bucks like you know who, what i mean who some people have been hitting up uh i've been hitting up people from like all across the globe dude <laughs> yeah i talked to this dude from ireland the other day whoa and me and him were working on a secret piece that I can't tell you about on the air, but I can tell you about it off the air okay. in the private Snapchat. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I'm just working on a lot of little things like that. I'm talking to some local artists too. Okay. But uh, can't really reveal anything yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I've talked. Uh, okay. Yeah. Keep airing it. Go, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I talked to Gotti before before we did this. Is he doing? Him. Is he doing anything like that? No, no, no. He's like uh, he's working on some small pieces. He's a little home. bit different. Not the type of person you just yeah, like. Hey, yeah. carve me this giant tree thing. You know. <laughs> he. I mean, he would do some custom pieces for sure. But like, I was just checking in on him because I haven't heard from him in a minute. For sure. The fourth part of my air out, I was just gonna loop it back around and say how amazing David Bowie is. <laughs> just great guy, great artist. <laughs> uh, a lot of amazing albums and music and I wish he wrote a song about me and I'm going to end air it out on that <laughs> write a song about Cody call him like your artist the there's no outro song See, oh, this I, thought, I, I thought maybe the outro would be just the intro to air it out why I didn't give you the I should I should have known better to ever give you the music controls <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah, uh, I'm trying to, you had a point I was going to say, uh, oh, I was on hold for a minute too with Capital One. I waited oh, like yeah. three hours on the phone. I did one sitting and I'm like, I'm going to wait it out. Put that iPod on, <laughs> put that charger on, waited them out, got that credit card fraud out my life. That's kind of brutal. Nice. Yeah. What about, do you have any rebuttals on the David Bowie? Oh yeah. Um... I just it just was low hanging fruit, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> low hanging fruit. All right, end of the podcast, end of the friendship. Uh, I don't ever want to see your fucking face again. Got but damn. now that I hear what you said, God damn it! <laughs> now that I hear what you said, I agree that you got a point. You got a point. You're, I definitely should utilize. If anything, you're doing the equivalent of like taking a bite out of a cheeseburger and you're like standing in front of a bunch of you know homeless kids that are really hungry and you take a bite out of a cheeseburger and you just like throw it you're like oh it's bad you throw it on the ground and just stomp on it that's what you're doing to me right now dave <laughs> <laughs> homeless kids there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yeah, you got a point. I definitely should learn it. That's that's gonna be my goal. Is to learn and live stream that tune. You don't have so correct me if I'm wrong. You don't have any David Bowie in your repertoire. Not yet. <sighs> yeah, man. I already knew the answer to that question. We know that because we tried to cover some David Bowie for our release ago. show. Yeah. And me and Pat brought it to the table, and me and Pat, I quickly realized that me and Pat have a much deeper knowledge of David Bowie's music than you do. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Not that I, uh, I've always been at the point with like most people, I'm going to get into people eventually. Yeah, I mean, like I'm going to go down the Bowie rabbit hole. Gonna go down the the, the, the rabbit hole. I used to say that too when I was like 13. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah at one point i'm going to you know right now i, I like the i like the uh, i like the really the the hits like you know obviously you don't like the hits because you didn't learn the hit the biggest <laughs> hit that has your name in it <laughs> yeah i like i like you know london calling Dude. I, like, uh, I love david bowie it's great you know like whole lot of love good tunes he made love to his ego. <laughs> like a fucking leopard messiah, dude. Are you kidding me? Well, can I bring up the point looking at the um, Iggy Pop poster behind you? He's a street walking cheetah. He made love to his ego like a leopard messiah. What's with hey. these guys and big cats? What? What's with Iggy Pop, David Bowie, singing about big cats, leopards? You're trying to retract and no, shape. I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to segue into you did you? the whole Jedi mind trick. <laughs> Watch my brain. You even made me turn in a circle and everything, so you would trick me. But it's not working, bud. Let's go to the next segment here. You're not you're not getting off that easy. I know anyone that listens to this is going to be like, yeah, Dave fucking sucks for that one. <laughs> that was a good point, and I was going to bring up that crazy big cat documentary on Netflix. But all right, what's the next segment? The next segment. Okay, so now we're, I got two more new segments that I figure a little bit shorter, just kind of try them out, goofy little things you could use, maybe use in the future if you like them. Next segment is it's going to be called uh, Your First Instrument. Cue the Slayer song. Go. Nice. All right. Your first instrument. Go. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, you could ask your guests, like, your so. I'll go first, obviously. So, like, uh, not the, necessarily the first instrument you got, but the first instrument that, like, you actually connected with. Fair so I got a first actual instrument I got was, like, a little first act, like, you know, mini kid scale, like, you know, $20 Walmart fake Stratocaster deal. Yeah, yeah. That I when I was maybe, like, six or seven, something like that. And I never tuned it or learned how to play it or, or even did anything with it. You know, it just kind of sat there. And then when I was like maybe uh, nine or ten, I think about ten, I got my first action, what I would call my first instrument, which is this guitar right here. 
All right, and we're looking at a BC Warlock. This BC a... Rich Bronze Warlock. <laughs> I don't know if Timmy ever heard this. He would make fun of me like crazy for talking about this. But, yeah, this is not that much of a step up from first act. It's still like a like $100 guitar, maybe 150 or something. They made these BC Riches then, and it was like bronze, silver, gold. So if you got the gold one, that one was probably an actual... Nice guitar, you know. This was like the starter dish. Um, Obviously, I still have it to this day. I don't play it. It doesn't play well at all. Never really did. (laughs) Um, It's got 24 frets. Yeah, it's got 20. Oh, yeah, it's got, yeah, extended scale neck. That was really cool for a first guitar because when I played other guitars, I'd be like, puh, limp (laughs) neck without the 24 frets. You know, like I just started yeah, I just started off being like <laughs> super high notes, but um, it's just a really cool looking guitar. And I remember when Gore first came over to my house, he like tweaked, he like completely tweaked when he saw this guitar. He thought this was like the Omega coolest thing he had ever seen. It's a pretty sweet guitar. My cousin it's Jim had looking. one. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For an eleven-year-old, is it's easily like the coolest looking guitar you could get. Oh, for sure. Um, it's got a sticker on it right here in the center. Yeah. I told you I was thinking about doing live streams where I talk about all the stickers on my guitars. I think that'd be cool. The sticker right here in the center is a Pink Floyd "Dark Side of the Moon" sticker. Wait, can I? I think I know where it came from. Let me hear it. Let me hear it pitch. Came... From a pair of boxers. Think, yep. Yep. You, <laughs> you got the same one? No. I think I, I... I told you the story? No. Maybe I did have a pair. But I don't think I had Pink Floyd. Maybe I had like an ACDC or something that came with a sticker for like Highway to Hell or some shit. Nice. I remember though I got that sticker with the boxers and I asked my parents, can I put the sticker on my guitar? You know, it matches the color and everything. Yeah. And my dad was like, you can put whatever you want on your guitar. And I was like, oh, 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 cool. And that's why this thing's covered. <laughs> I, think, I think the sticker, the self-expression like, uh, through the instrument via it's case. Like, it's via, like a tattoo. It's like a yeah, tattoo yeah, yeah. For, for a young musician, I guess. And the instrument tattoo. Because I could talk, like I'm saying, I can just go on and on about all these, you know. Yeah. Probably my favorite one is this Peter Tosh one. Yeah, the sunglasses one that came from that book? Yeah, it's not even a sticker. It's just a little thing that came from a book, and I had another sticker on here. I'm not going to say what it was, but I peeled it off. I think I remember. I'm trying to remember what I think it was, though. I know you remember, but don't say it, because I can't say what it was, because I peeled it off, because I don't like that band anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Use okay. the stickiness of the sticker <laughs> to put the cool thing on that was not sticky. <laughs> yeah, that's my first instrument. It's I still got it. It's fucking really beat up. It kind of feels weird to touch. It's like yeah, like weirdly heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird shape. Um. So yeah, what what's yours, man? You got so many instruments, I've never yeah. actually heard this story, surprisingly. Um, the first guitar I got was my brother's old Squire starter pack guitar. You know what I mean? Like, remember when Fender had those Squire starter packs that would come with a amp, a cord, a tuner, a bag, a guitar? Yeah, that's 
that's kind of the deal that this BC Rich was. It yeah. Was started it was like that, but the non-cool version. It was like, here's the like. <laughs> yeah, mine was the metal one. Mine was like the one for kids that like spawn. Yours was for the for the ones kids that like Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like just the um the the, the common the cookie cutter <laughs> guitar, and um, I eventually painted it to look like Van Halen's guitar. Okay, so That's, I have you have seen it in like. But so that was my brother's guitar. He never played it. So I. Oh, well, he, he actually got a guitar. Wait, wait, wait. So he actually got a Joey got a guitar before you. Yeah, yeah. He got the guitar first, and he took lessons for a couple of years. Whoa, and I that's think, crazy. I yeah. never knew he played before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mind blowing to me. <laughs> he, uh, I knew you know when we met, you used to tell me that he played the drums. Because when we first met, I was like, "Why do you have drums in your basement? Do you play the drums?" And you were like, "No, Joey plays them sometimes." Yeah, I think he, I think he wanted to play drums, and they're like, or no, the thing was he wanted to play. I think he wanted to play drums, and they're like, "Well, try something, you know, more quiet." And so they're like, "How about a piano? If you can do that, you can do drums." So he did piano for a bit, and he's like, "Well, I'll, I'll settle for a guitar," and then he did a guitar for a little bit, and he did guitar for a while. Um, and all the while that that was happening, you didn't do any instruments. You no. were just with the dumbest. Of all your siblings, <laughs> oldest but yet the dumbest. Yeah, I think I was just reading comics, uh, drawing. I was trying to be a drawer. <laughs> really, you drew, you drew that much when you were younger? I drew a bunch. Yeah, they never looked any good, but yeah, I was gonna say your drawings are all right, but <laughs> I didn't realize you drew that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, then Joey kind of they're kind of like fucked up stick figures. Yeah, yeah, they're cartoony. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, dude, we gotta do this quarantine draw competition once you lose your job. <laughs> I'll, draw, I'll draw something with you, dude. One day we can go live on Facebook or on Instagram or something, both of us. Yeah. And like a double video and where we draw off. I can't draw much, but I could, I could draw a Venom logo. Let's see. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a ground rule for the competition. Like, we'll be like, we have to draw a thing, a person, a thing, and whoever makes it look cool or decent enough. <laughs> yeah, see, I can draw, like, three things. If we go outside of that, I'm going to just I'll definitely lose automatically. <laughs> uh, Which would be cool, because I don't often lose to you. So yeah, nice. yeah. This would be, be like our be online or virtual handstand competition. <laughs> but, yeah, so Joe, he didn't play it that much, and I picked it up, and... Uh, once I learned how to make a note, I kind of just started to figure stuff out, and then I took lessons for a little bit and just kept rolling with it. Do you it. remember the first riff you made up? Yeah, actually, I can show it to you. Hold on. Oh, man. This is going to be cool. All right, for our listeners, um, the headphones are coming off. I don't have headphones on because I'm a punk rocker. You can't put headphones on me. You can't hold me down. <laughs> All right, so Dave went and got a weird little contraption that I this, do not. What is that? Is a little wash-powered battery, like thirty-second recorder, that I. Oh, got. You, man, that's so cool! Like, and so I recorded the right, first riff I ever wrote um, on this, and never, never deleted it. Lost it, found it again, and remember this was the first thing. So what I'm about to show you is my first. Oh, oh I'm so glad. My, seg <laughs> my segment's a 10 out of 10 now. Yeah, check this out. 
That's it. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Could you hear it? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, at first it was louder, but Here, then let me try. Yeah. Let me try. No, I got the feel for it, man. That's sweet, dude. <laughs> hold, hold them for a second. I'm gonna grab my guitar. Yeah, so that was the first riff I wrote, and then uh, the first riff I learned um, that like made me want to keep learning stuff was the intro to "Sweet Home Chicago." That yeah, you said that. Okay, okay. Said that in the last one. This is the first riff I wrote. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but I just remember the three notes I was messing with were like. Something that's, like that. That's not far off from what I wrote. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> this makes really, sense. I was kind of on a punk rock thing at the time of like, okay, got these three notes, and this is a really cool note, and I'm just going to rock them. Just those three. Those are just going to be my signature three. That's awesome. <laughs> that's all you And need. my other thing, too, was I was like, okay, uh, I think I played guitar one time, and I didn't have a pick, and I was playing it with my finger. Yeah. And I, Okay, I'm just never gonna use a pick. I'm just gonna always play with my finger. It has to be my signature thing because nobody's ever done that. And that's what I thought when I was like yeah. 10, 10 years old. I was like, no one's ever not used a pick. I'm gonna be the first person to ever do that. And then, like, you know, maybe a week later, I realized like a million people have done that. A lot of people. <laughs> There's like whole styles of music around that. <laughs> but that's like one of those things. I thought know. I invented pink finger picking. Like, <laughs> not like Eddie that's Bay. like those... you don't play with pink. <laughs> uh, that's one of those awesome like things you think though when you first start. It's kind of like that Mike Watt story with a uh, him and D Boone being like, "How do you like your strings, <laughs> loose or tight?" Oh, <laughs> like... yeah. yeah, it is kind of like that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's something so like pure and like naive about starting stuff and not having like a clear example. <laughs> like it's awesome. So uh, you would, so you would say that that was your first um, first instrument was the yeah that was my first guitar. the one that you painted as Eddie Van Halen guitar yeah um, the first like instrument I tried was the trumpet and the drums for some like audition thing at school. That's cool, yeah. I played sax, too, around the time that I got my BC Rich. Yeah. I didn't take it seriously like I did with um, guitar. Yeah, same. Like, I didn't want to play the trumpet. If anything, I wanted to play the drums, and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, that's <so> sorry. <laughs> sorry, you. punk. For you. For Miles Davis, it's cool. <laughs> it's super You could not. You're not that cool, bud. <laughs> I don't know. I was ripping some mad trumpet in your apartment that one day. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad. <laughs> uh, you got the stance down. All right, so you want to go into the last segment here? Yep. We're rocking, we've been going for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. There it is. That came out really quiet for some reason. Yeah, and you DJed it up, messed it all up with your bad DJing skills. But yeah, that was um, 
I don't know. I guess this is. I guess this is a weird. This is a bad, weird segment or whatever. But it's another one that I could kind of. You can only do when I'm here. But I want to do a segment where I just bust out every now and then a cool P Funk album. Okay. I was talking to. Um, I was talking to. You know, sometimes you have these like what I would call internet friends. Yeah, you have them internet friends. You know, people you talk to on the internet that are your friends. You might have seen them in real life sometimes. Someone, the person I'm going to say is it's uh, Noah's dad. Okay, okay. Jerry Crow, Uncle Jerry. You know, he yep. he uh, posts a lot of comic book stuff, but he posts a lot of record stuff. Me and him were talking about P-Funk the other day, and I said... I was telling him I keep my P-Funk records separate from all my other records because of just how important they are, and they're like my, like their own collection. So I thought I'd just bust out one every now and then. That song we just played was a clip from California Dreaming off of this record, which is Eddie Hazel's solo record. It's called Dame Dames and Guitar Things. Dame. And Really cool record. It's got a cool version of California Dreaming. It's got a cool version of I Want You. She's so heavy. That's cool. That's um, cool. For those who don't know, I know Dave knows this, but for those who don't know, Eddie Hazel is the guy who played the solo on Maggot Brain. He's the quintessential, he's not the original guitar player for Funkadelic, but he is the quintessential, the most, you know, highly regarded one. He's course he's not around anymore he passed but this is a really cool record i don't know um how what you're gonna do for this segment you yeah could i don't get that out, i don't get you that could bust out a cool ninja turtles comic book <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of <laughs> did you like that ninja turtles stand-up bit i sent you today <laughs> That was very funny. Yeah, I watched it right at the right time. That was, <laughs> it was classic. That was hilarious. Sometimes um, I try to watch the stuff you send me at bad times. It makes yeah. sense. Gotcha. Yeah, I send you. It was a good time. Um, I'm trying to think. P Funk Records. Um, for me, the first like P Funk record I really heard, which uh wasn't Maggot Brain, the song Maggot Brain, not you know like not the record. Was uh, standing on the verge of getting it on. That that's that's, that's probably my favorite one. It's if not well, no, yeah, it's up there. It's hard to pick. Such a good record. Definitely top three. Because that was before when I started getting into them. It was like when uh when Zach Carney was around and we were playing the early season. Who showed you that record? Me or Zach Carney? Um, we're paused here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Someone was trying to call me. I had to be like, um, You're def- so much more popular. I think it was me, you, and Gabe were watching a video of the Chili Peppers doing it, doing mm. a, a cover of that or something. Something I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Because I would, I would they only. They did it with the roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I would only get it's those only records no. <laughs> from the library, and like they would only have certain ones. The first one I bought was that one. I'm not legally allowed to speak on a library broadcasted <laughs> recording, but that's cool that you could go there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I kind of forgot like a record and found it under my car seat, then I returned it. But that was like, Ooh, yeah. Wow. So I'm also not 
trying to go that way for a while. So it's probably you, got, like a, you got any segments or anything you want to bring up before we dive into the uh, album? Actual was, thing the podcast is supposed to be about? I was going to bring up funny videos from um, Instagram, but that didn't go over so well as far as the volume. I got to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> so I got, uh, I'm going to put the pin in that segment until next time. But uh, okay. well, let's dive into the record. Can you hear that? Yeah, that sounds kind of good. Alright, I don't know if this band's gonna sue us. That'd be uh, cool. Could we get a lot of money if we sued ourselves? I don't know. We if we try. had like a bad lawyer and a good lawyer. <laughs> Just I think John Fogarty got sued for sounding like himself. Nice. Well so we could probably get sued for being our first band to sue themselves for sounding like themselves first band yeah all right so that was the first track off our new record i figured we can like break down the maybe like half the record this time since we've been going for a minute oh Um, really i don't know i I think we'll breeze through it you think we will because i got stuff queued up Oh, you're going to play clips? Yeah, I figured. Well, we... let's get into it. We'll see how right. it goes. We haven't been going that long. It's only been like 40 minutes, right? Okay. 30, 40 minutes. Uh, we started at 9.15. It's 10.07. Okay, so it's been like 50 minutes. Yeah, so we got, we're got we about an hour in for our listeners who are, who've put up with us this far. Um, so yeah, Backpack Train. That's song the first one. Song. On our rec- new record, Burn Down Gasoline, that's what we're here to talk about. Um, yeah, Bur- uh, Backpack Train was a, it's a standard. We didn't actually write the song, but we yeah, it's an old cover. We wrote the arrangement. It cover. We arranged it and wrote it, our version of it. Um, it's a standard song that we started playing a long time ago, back when Jay was in the band, and we used to do a more st- stiff sort yeah. of basic version of it it's essentially the same the beginning it, yeah we kind of yeah we kind of did more of a cover of it back yeah then. and then we stopped doing it after he wasn't in the band it wasn't a song that really carried over i don't think we ever played it with any other drummer until we rewrote it per se i wouldn't even say we you pretty much just came yeah in with a new arrangement of it and you had added a couple of riffs and a different little feel to it and made it feel way cooler. I think we started doing it. I remember the, close. We did the first time we did it was with Lee and the first show we played it at with the new arrangement was with Lee. Um, Pat was with us. It was when we played in um, uh, Port Huron, Michigan at the that DIY venue and impeccable memory i remember driving and i just started the podcast around then and i was gonna do a podcast with matt while we're on there because it was us and m moody and pat was playing it was just matt and pat that was like years ago dude that was like yeah it was a long time ago and that was the first time up on the thing anymore what those i don't think they ever made it yeah. I know for a fact <laughs> I didn't do one that day, so um My bad. No, yeah. no, it's they totally like there's a one that's on the C level website that I didn't upload and 
probably aren't going to. But um, you know these things are on Spotify. Yeah, sick. Yeah. I, I just submitted it to be on Spotify, and they never told me if I made it or not. So that's awesome. Yeah, all of them, all of them are up there. It looks nice and everything. Woo, I did a good job. Mm. But there's this one podcast called The Ziglet that's popping, and we got to stab that guy. <laughs> End this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. If, the, the, if the FCC of podcasts listens to this. We love not, Ziglet. We, uh, yeah, I'm, I wish him the best. I'm not. I don't even know if it's a him that hosts the podcast. Actually, yeah, we're taking this segment to just plug how great the podcast Ziglet is. Check out uh, the Ziglet podcast. It's about stuff and other things, and it's probably got promotions. Um, but yeah, for me, the point that really made Backpack Train this rendition of it stick out was this bit. Yeah, our bridge breakdown riff. I thought, I thought that added like because of the monotony of the tune just itself. Because it's yeah, just... it gives the whole thing got a real Led Zeppelin feel, a real like uh, when the lovey breaks sort of feel. Yeah, especially with Pat's drums and how Carrie mixed it. Oh yeah, Pat's just shredding on the drums like fucking John Bonham. You know, he's like he's like John Bonham if he didn't need the cocaine. You know. <laughs> 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 but uh like as I was saying that I just realized like how perfect of a statement that is. <laughs> That's so true. But... Um now before we I guess this is another segment I wanted to do. Are you eating an eating an M M&M? and M? No, dude. You no. didn't do that? You didn't try that fudge M M&M and M brownie thing? Totes not. Totes not. Oh, it's cracked way open. It's a purple bag. Is it any good? <laughs> Yeah, dude, these things are like basically a nugget of chocolate. It's like chocolate wrapped in chocolate. I, I, that's what I was trying to say. Like, why? What, what are they going to do? What's the point of a, a brownie M&M? An M&M is a brownie M&M. No, man, it's perfect, but it's like a 10 out of 10 M&M. No, no other M&M is on par with this. It's honestly, they shouldn't even call it an M&M. It should be like W and W because they're just hitting dubs at this point. Like, oh, wow and wow. No losses for M&M's at this point in their career. Um, All right. Um, so, yeah, with that tune, I'm trying to think of anything else that stuck out, really. The harmonies uh, were kind of cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I really liked your harmonies, the way the harmonies came out. The arrangement's cool. It's, it's, it's a good intro track, kick off the song, or kick off the album, rather. Um, so, yeah, you want to get into the next one? All right. Yeah, let's see. Get it. Weird. I'm the next song is Easy Four. All right, that's the first. I don't want to get sued by this band. The first open of <laughs> 10 yeah, seconds. Yeah, if you play much of a song, you get sued. We all know that. So yeah, yep. We're trying yeah. to avoid that. Um, that song is called Easy Form. Yeah, we. that's another. The first three songs. We're like, Paul, like, callbacks. 
Yeah, yeah, songs that we kind of re-brought back. So Easy 4 was a song that, if you listen to the last episode we did, that song was on our second attempted recording that we sort of shelved. Yeah. Um, that album that we recorded in Dave's basement. Yeah, yeah. Self-titled one that not, isn't released anymore. And so basically we brought that song back. We never really... It was one of the songs that sort of stuck around, I would say. Yeah, I don't think we ever... I don't think it ever really disappeared. We've never not played it, but there was times where there was a... there When we were doing the set, that whole period, I know we didn't okay, play Okay, yeah, it. you're right. We didn't play it very much. Yeah, but we, yeah you're right. We did play but it. I would say as far as the record goes, it's been one of two fan favorites. For sure. That's definitely I would a, say it's top two songs as far as fan reactions. For me it wasn't top two, but for the fans I would definitely say it is. It's uh, actually eighty eight point three's been playing it apparently. Yeah, it's We've pretty got sick. Videos from our friends at different times of them playing it. So shout out to eighty eight point three for the playing it. Um they're really cool there. Yeah. And yeah. Coolest radio so, station. The, my favorite part of this song is the harmonies because when we originally wrote this song, it didn't have those harmonies that you hear on the record at all. The beginning part, you mean, or the the part that you just played? So the yeah, those harmonies right there. I don't think you had to play them again. Yeah, because you played well, them and. I ones you just played so if people were listening they'd be like oh those ones you just played yeah yeah well there's there's a lot of harmonies on the chorus um fair enough i just meant the yeah, big yeah, yeah. ones that <laughs> yeah that was all we, carrie's idea how that oh, came that, along well, i didn't know that well yeah we uh we never used those live so those are like certain harmonies we do live and then they get revamped on the record and like done properly because what I do live nine times out of ten isn't proper or good. <laughs> it's just an attempt to sort of put something there. Yeah. Which is fine, but uh, yeah. on the record, you take sometimes you take what I do and do better. Sometimes you just do way cooler stuff. And this was one of the examples where you did something that was just totally new to me when i heard it and i remember the first time i heard those i was like whoa cool so that's, that's crazy carrie's idea shout out to um okay. this album was produced by carrie kirchlow we recorded all at rcr recording studios in solon um he's recorded this album and writes and all the albums that we formally put out yeah. he's worked on in some form so uh so you'll hear about you'll hear us mention Carrie a lot. So that's yeah, the first from here on intro out. shout out to Carrie. Apparently that was these are his ideas. So anything yeah. what did you like most about um, the song? Well, okay, so with that with um your reaction to that part I thought was gonna be the complete opposite. Cause Carrie pitched it to me and I'm like You weren't um, into it? No, I was into it. I'm like, I'll try it, dude. Let's see how this sounds. And he's like, All right, now double it. He's like, All right, do a harmony of it. I'm like, Okay. And then I got really into it when we did it. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then, like, uh, I'm like, I don't know how Cody and Pat... I thought you guys would think it's the lamest thing. Like, It was Pat's reaction. I can't remember. He liked it. You guys both liked it. It was weird. I thought for sure... I mean, you made it sound really nice. You made it sound like kind of a John Butler-esque sort of thing. That's how I would describe it. Was it? Um, it's got that kind of groove to it, too. 
you know, it's an open D thing. It's a, I remember it me of some of the weird harmonies that he got on his new record where he hit some harmonies where if you heard like the uh, parts of it, it wouldn't sound good, but yeah. in the song it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely um I don't know, it's a definitely like a, a poppy like thing. And like a um I remember from the original recording of it, I we couldn't get the vocals I couldn't get the vocals how I wanted them to be initially on that, that shelved project. So this was really cool to get everything done right. And I remember the riff was played a little different. Not much, just because it was recorded I think a little slower with uh Pat than it was Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, this is a song that we've ended a lot of our sets with. It's one of two songs that we've ended for a long time with. So, uh... And actually, I have a weird, weird memory to, uh... The first time we attempted to record this song, we attempted to record this preview and something else at Jay's aunt's living room. You remember that? I didn't until you said it, but yeah, isn't that weird? You're, you're cracking the stone in yeah. my brain. I remember <laughs> it now. Yeah, that was a that session didn't turn out well, but um, I remember I remember that was the first attempt at doing it, and like, but uh, so that song's been around for a minute, so I was really like stoked to get like a final version of it. And, yeah, uh, so pretty much we just uh revamped it. I wouldn't even say revamped it. We just kind of beefed up old song there. You yeah. want, want to speak on the lyrics at all now that we're into songs where you wrote the lyrics? Yeah, I did write the lyrics. Um, fuck. Yeah, I can't, I'm trying to remember. I remember writing it. Because it's definitely the old, I would say the oldest song that you yeah. would have penned. Or no, probably wherever I go is older. Yeah. I'm trying but this, to... would be, this would be one of the two oldest songs that you penned the lyrics for. <laughs> I think uh, so. This one's a weird, a weird play on a mindset, um, and I don't know if I want to define it for people if they can. But uh, well, you don't have to then. I was yeah, just yeah. no, no. It's I remember writing the melody on my couch in the basement, and you and Gore coming up behind me and being like, "Cool song, bro." <laughs> like, oh, nice. That's cool. Uh, that's so. That's what I remember trying to come up with the melody for it. Like I had the idea for the chorus, and I can't remember. Where? I remember when you showed me it, and I was like, "Cool," because I like doing things where I get to switch octaves. Yeah, yeah, and you do a really good I, job with that. Yeah, and that like fits perfectly in that song. I can bounce between the three octaves back and forth, and it sounds really nice. And it like beefs it up. Hold on, I gotta charge my laptop. Uh, or plug it in there, buddy. I got my phone plugged in like a profession now. Dave is not nearly as professional as me, and everyone knows that. Well, if oh. you if you if I would pan my phone so you can see the amount of wires I got going, make sure all this shit still runs. Yeah, and if I would pan my phone and you would just see just music, That's records, yeah. and, and instruments, and no wires, all organics. First. <laughs> Water, fire. Yeah, just organic materials. Um. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's easy for that's the second song. We're gonna get into the third song on the record, which is like I just said, the oldest song. It's called Wherever I Go. You're, yeah, like, check this out. You know, so this sound right here, this like spacey sound, is this um, is their OG recording. No, I couldn't. Yeah, where I'm at. I 
it just probably sounds like that because it's going through the phone to you. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. But that opening, that opening pad sound was a that double neck ear we were talking about last week. Oh, you used that on this? Yeah, I used that on wherever I go. Uh, I used it on all the songs. On this record? Yeah, on all of them, just you about. You used the double neck guitar? Yeah, because the 12... song this the, record? The 12 string, anything with 12 strings. Oh, you're blowing my mind so hard right now. I don't think anyone's going to enjoy this conversation <laughs> as much as I do now. Like, so... Always want- you didn't get a picture of you record or a video of you record. No, but Carrie made like this the weirdest I mean. face. Carrie is like. I, this is going back to the David Bowie thing. You know, you you ever since I met you, you've looked like Jimmy Page when you kind of bent down. You got the weird hair and the thing, and and you got this double neck. <laughs> Stupid. Didn't you didn't take the opportunity to get a video or a picture of you recording with it and and I've never seen you use it. I've never even seen you touch it, I don't think. I use it I used it from this record a lot because that's we needed so, like electric so cool. electric so backup. Cool. Can you speak on that can you speak on any guitars you used on the what guitars did you use on the first two tracks? Uh on the first two well, uh, the first two I used the. Why don't you run the listeners through if there's any techniques listening? Run the listeners through the gear you're rocking because I know I was just using my bass, yeah, a, just which is just a Fender Squire jazz bass, rocking into my pedals, and then I was pretty. Wasn't I going direct or was I running through an amp that carried? I'm pretty sure you went direct. I we think I just went, went direct. Yeah, we went direct a lot this record. Um. I used the Mitchell twelve string for backpack train and then I used the my That Mitchell's kinda like your main guitar. Um yeah, for anything in C. I, I keep that one in open C. And the other one is uh the twelve string fender, which I keep in Oh uh, that that's your main guitar. Yeah, I use that one a lot. The Hellcat. And I put that through uh even acoustic gigs, that's what I use the most. Yeah. Uh, that's like in an open D. So I used both those, and then I used the working part of that 12-string, or that mm-hmm. the double neck, because it had an Which electric. Is the, yeah. the 12 strings is the part that works. Yeah, so I used that to beef up the sound of the record. So like really when cool. I layered guitar tracks, I used the acoustic, and then I used a, an electric. So everything on the first three songs is 12 strings? Yeah, I think... Uh, you didn't use any six strings on the first three songs here? I don't... I don't think so, no. Nice. That's really cool, man. I might That's have... definitely cool if there's anyone listening that cares. <laughs> maybe on That's Burn. That's cool to me. Maybe on Burn I like back something up with like a six string. Well, no, like... I'm talking about just the first yeah, three yeah. songs. So we'll keep going. We can get into that. And the, the cool part with the wherever I go is when I was playing the riff on the 12 string, I the pickup was making a sound. On the six string, so when I would switch to the six string, that's that opening sound, that weird spacey sitar sound. Mm-hmm. It came through the broken pickup of me playing the twelve string through the six string pickup. Whoa, mind yeah. blown! Like some Jimi Hendrix shit. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm like, oh, Gary, this is the coolest thing. We gotta do this for the whole song. So it goes through the whole song. And really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole take. I think we did two of them. Like. <laughs> Um, you just let that fucker ring for three minutes? 
Well, no, I'd, I'd play it. So I'd play it on the 12-string, and you would hear it uh, through the 6-string that was broken. Mm. So, like, that, but it sounded like just a weird dissonant version of the of that tune, of, of what was being played on the 12-string. I gotcha. So that, to me, on the record, this was, like, the one I really, really wanted to record, and, like, for me, really had to, like, piece together right. Because I had all these vocal harmonies in mind. The song yeah, we, and we had tra- this was one of the first songs we ever tracked. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And or at uh, least attempted to track in your basement. So yeah. there's a really, really old recording of this that was on our first original release of Seasonal's Not Enough, which, like I said last time, you can get in the private Snapchat for a lump sum of money. <laughs> the fans only. Know about. <laughs> yeah, to see the whole fans only. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there's that recording from Dave's basement from like one of our first, our very first recording session with Henry Rapp. Yeah. And me and Carrie referred to it quite a bit to get stuff. So you used it as a reference track? Yeah, we used it as just a reference to hear where everything was at. Like, well, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, so anyone who doesn't know the way that we track all of our records and this one, we start off with the bass and drums, and me and Pat pretty much record together yeah. with doing a scratch track. So all of my parts and all of Pat's parts get recorded at the very beginning. Yep. And we kind of build a skeleton, me and Pat, and then we leave this nice little skeleton body. And body. Dave, Dave sort of spends a long time fleshing it out with the first, I believe, first you got guitars, right? Yeah, so it usually... Uh... I usually do the rhythm tracks and some harmony stuff, and then uh, usually then I would do the leads, and then I would do the vocals because I knew that would take to be the most tedious. Yeah, you usually do vocals last, and then after vocals we add like any keys or harmonica or trumpet, additional things. Whatever. You know. Um, yeah, which that's always my favorite part of recording when everything's done. You've oh yeah, same. <laughs> that's when you're sprinkling the sprinkles on top, so yeah. it's really fun. But yeah. I just wanted to say that so people know when I say, like, oh, the first time I heard this. So a lot of things get done while me and Pat aren't there, Oops. while Dave's working with Carrie. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I drive. Then we... <laughs> I don't put you guys through that bullshit. I drive yeah, Carrie crazy. Of... And then. <laughs> a uh, lot of it's Dave just trying to hit one note over and over again. Yeah. So yeah, wherever I go, that's one of my favorite songs you've ever wrote. You want to talk Thanks, on man. the lyrics at all? They're really um, nice lyrics. Yeah, they're written out of anger and ven. No, um, that one I remember. That was yeah. You wrote that. You wrote that when you were really young. Yeah, um, and I changed. Yeah, no. I changed the verses a lot and like kind of rewrote them for oh, okay, the record. Okay, Woody Guthrie. <laughs> but uh, this one was. The, it was kind of like a, um. Is that the time of everyone's about to leave high school type deal and you don't know where you're going to go? And I was in a relationship at the time and like it was kind of like, well, you know, wherever you go, hopefully it works out. Hopefully, uh, you know, I go too type deal. Yeah, no, I kind of I kind of knew where that yeah. was going. But um, I just want to put it out there for the listeners. Um, I like the lyrics a lot. I like the song. I remember when you first showed it to me when we first started jamming on sea level stuff. I, I've always liked it. I always thought it sounded like a Dave Matthews song or something like that. Thanks, man. So, like, I think uh, it eventually kind of evolved into being, like, a, a thing, like, a song about, like, 
not knowing how a relationship or will turn out, but kind of being uh, hopeful that it might type <laughs> deal. You know, you're like, uh. <laughs> but, as far uh, as the recording goes, once again, I really like the harmonies, how the harmonies turned out. And thanks, just man. the whole thing turned out really nice and beefed up. It was just a really perfect version of a song that we kind of couldn't just get time. right for. Yeah. And Jarrett, uh, God damn it, Jay. <laughs> Jay Sparrow from Studio 44. Um, oh. <laughs> he uh, he j- recently listened to it, and while we were doing the acoustic stream, he was like, wherever I go, that's how it should have nice. been. That's how it should have been, man. Good job. And I'm like, yeah. So it was cool It was cool to hear for someone who was, went through the the tracks with us. Yeah, um, he wrote that song with us. That song was wrote with Jared. So, Jay, fuck. I know, I know, we're both <laughs> You got me I was, I was gonna bring up some harmonies example So Oops. Yeah, right there But yeah, no, that took me forever And I really am happy with how it turned out And like, I'm The sorry. ending one my favorite when you get them going at the end there. You want me to jump to that? Yeah, man. I'm trying to see if I have the control. Rock. Yeah, for me this was like a Foo Fighter like thing. Oh, I guess I totally missed it. Yeah, you did. You had a bad timestamp, but it's cool. We, as the listeners, understand where we're going. Yeah. Works. Anyways, it's a cool song. Um, you want to move on to the next one? All right. Next one was Lover. Lover. Yeah, actually, end it. Yeah, actually, yeah, end it. Yeah, end it. Can't let <laughs> no, that no, no, it's, for yeah. Because that one is a cover. It is a cover. cover, but it's a botched cover. Right. So yeah, we rearranged it and made it our own too. But I wouldn't say like where backpack train is a standard, and I would like I would say that's a traditional song that we arranged. Yeah, this one is just a cover that we kind of rearranged, but it's still. Definitely a cover version of Devendra Banhart in his version or his song called Lover. Um, Why don't you speak on how you found that song and so, uh, that, I don't know, what's up with that song? So that I learned that for an ex-girlfriend who introduced me to Devendra and um, he's like this really cool singer-songwriter guy and um, actually I'm rocking the tea. Uh, well, that's his shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's just this dude drinking coffee. Whoa, mine! Did you do that on purpose? No, no. Because I'm. I'm you're going you're rocking no tea. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, she got me really into him, and he's like a this amazing artist, and like uh, so I wanted to learn a song for her, and I tried to learn that, and it just fell. Like he's such a unique singer, it didn't work out. 
and I got all the lyrics wrong and stuff. But I started doing it all the time. Um, and then when I would play with Michelle Gall, who sang harmonies on this record or on that on that track, um, when I would play uh, sets with her, she would hop up and do the harmonies. And like we got so used to doing it, I'm like, oh, I got to track Gall on it. And uh, so yeah, I always just thought it was a, a fun tune that no one really like knew, <laughs> and we changed it so much it kind of became our own, and like. Yeah, we've just been doing it for a while, a couple of years. It's definitely not as old as the last three songs that we just yeah. talked about, but still yes. older than the next four we're going to talk about. Um, it's a cool song. It's a little jammer. I think people like it a lot. I think we do it a little bit more than I would like to live. Yeah. I think it's one of those songs you feel like we have to play because it's sort of like our most pleasant and presentable song, I would say. Yeah. For me, it's a, it's a groover. It's easy to like kind of like uh for people just kind of groove to yeah like i said it's pleasant and it's pleasant the way i would describe and, it our most like yeah. easy going and like i would say anyone could just pop that on and be like all right yeah whatever sure. yeah these guys are you all know? right <laughs> at least that yeah yeah um but, also for me it's kind of like a vocal thing like at that point like if i can that's because the first two songs we usually start with aren't like normal melodies this is like the first one that's always a good like okay i can pull off the rest of the gig i got type deal my My favorite part about this recording is not the harmonies it's the i was about to say it the bongos once you play the bongos see you're so bad at this um i had it i I moved it to make it sound better pat laid down some really good bongos on the song right when i was doing a bass solo and Dave is trying to play it and failing so hard. I don't care what he's doing, but there we go. So there's a little bit of it. You can't really, for some reason, I'm losing. Maybe this would do it. All right, Dave, you're off the ranks. You just, you just officially lost controls of the soundboard. Next yeah. time I'm taking over with the record player again. <laughs> what is it? Uh, up to that peak, I, now I get why I can, you can hear it. But now you can hear it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that was my favorite part was the bass breakdown we brought into it. Um, when we recorded it, and I brought Pat in to do some bongos and shakers and, like, uh, I don't know, cowbell shit. Like Pat did everything. Because when awesome. you first showed me that part, it sounded a little stale. Yeah, it had the bongos on it. Me and Pat were psyched on the bongos, but me and Pat both said it was stale. And we made you go back and retract the guitar, which I didn't do. You, you added some little wah wah guitars, and you also added these cool little vocal things that kind of that I definitely did do. Kind of some spacey alien stuff in the background. Yeah, that was kind of I forget. Carrie was like showing me, and I just think it makes that part so much cooler. It's a really cool part of the song. Yeah, Pat was there when when Carrie did that, because um, we were trying to find something to fill it up. And before we started recording, or the day before, the week before, Carrie was showing me he just got all these new plugins and shit, and he was like, "Listen to this, listen to that," and he's like, "Oh, you know what? This might be cool." And he like put the vocals there and like did it in a weird way, but between the three of us we kind of arranged it to where it was at 
and ended up being cool. And Pat, Pat was kind of selling point on that because Pat's like, oh, I really like that. And I'm like, all right, all right. Let me see how it sounds like driving home. Because there's always like this weird, like you listen to a, you listen to it in the studio and then when you drive home with it, it sounds completely different or, you know what I mean? There's something that doesn't fit with it. So, but that, that ended up being really cool. That little bit there. So yeah, that's pretty much that song. That's all I got to say about it. You want to move on to the next one or do you want to wrap it there? Cause you're saying, so we've been going now for about, about two hours. No, not even. It's about one fifteen. One one twenty. We've been going for hour twenty. Um, let's see. Let's do one, two, three, four, five. Let's do one more, then we'll save the rest for next. Sound good? Yeah, that's fine. So the next song is for some account. Yep. Um, This one was like, <laughs> this one was a, uh, what are your thoughts on this one initially? Cause I've had this one planned out for years. This is one of my favorite songs that we've ever put out. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it and I'll just be upfront with that. And I feel like that's our bad. It's like a writing mistake that I'll cop to. I wouldn't even cop to it necessarily cause it was more your fault, but <laughs> the song is just a little bit longer than it should have been. Yeah. And I- a lot of people kind of get turned off from it because of that, because it's it's a reggae tune. So it, in reggae tunes, you kind of just get the thing going and kind of do it for a while. That's yeah, just how yeah. reggae go. How many and people we, have been uh, at you about it? Not that many. I'm just uh, I don't know. That's yeah. just that's the negative comments I've heard from yeah. the from the album, pretty much. I would say, yeah. Okay. Not that this is like the worst song, just that this song was a little bit long. Yeah, and yeah. me I tried to warn you of that. But anyways, it's a really cool song. We did a dub version of it that Charlie, Uncle Gnarly did. John Spotify. Um, I've always wanted to do a dub version of our songs. I remember the first recording we did. I talked about doing it. Um, I think the reason I like this song so much is because we've done a lot of reggae songs in the past and I think that you know it's being from Cleveland Ohio not Jamaica yeah it's hard to get that authentic reggae sound you know and Carrie's worked with Carlos Jones a lot so he really knows kind of how to do it not I mean, I'm not saying he's like the Bob Marley's producer but if there's anyone in Cleveland that can kind of pull it off Carrie's a good guy for that type of stuff and I feel like we finally hit the nail on the head with this one because all of our other reggae tracks, not that they're bad, I just don't think they had that authentic feel, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like they even really warranted a dub version because they weren't necessarily like full-on authentic reggae songs. And this one is, it's really sounds nice. I really liked how, I think my favorite part is probably the guitar, honestly. the way The way you did that, um, in reggae songs, they have these sort of palm muted bassline riffs that happen. Yeah, that's and you nice. did that. so cool. That's that's a weird part, but to say, but it's my favorite part. I would say. Yeah, with this and one, I'd... that's obviously Pat's percussion, and this one's really cool too. On There's point. A... He definitely shook her the fuck up. Like, yeah, this is a really cool song. Um, to speak on Carrie's behalf, this part. 
Um, where did my volume go? in the background yeah um carrie didn't like those harmonies yeah i remember you were really adamant on those yeah that's like that reggae thing though that like weird third and minor third thing so for, for sure me, yeah. so for me they had to be there and with the guitar thing i forget i think when we did the second rights when we did that record and we did forsaken that for me like Learning how to do that counter palm muted bass line and add in harmony to it brought so much to that one rhythm already. And I thought that was a, I don't know, I thought that was, a, that's just really fun to do. Try to come up with things and build harmonies off it. And like, uh, I do agree, this one is long, but when we uh, recorded it, we've never really played it at that point. Like, we played it in the basement, we never played it at shows. And yeah, this is one of those rare songs. A lot of times we write songs and we play them live for a long time. Yeah. Before they get released, but this was one of those rare songs that we recorded. We wrote it, recorded it, and then didn't touch it after that. Me and Pat forgot how to play it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when we were going to record it, like we we drilled it quite a bit. We got it down, but the structure wasn't there. And I remember I wrote it years ago, and I wrote it in a different key. And you you pointed out, you're like, dude, we got to take it out of A and put it oh, in yeah, somewhere yeah. else. I'm kind of cunning and smart like that. <laughs> uh, and like, uh, but that ended up being a better key for me to sing it in. At yeah, when, I know it so well. Yeah, oddly enough, usually that's not, not my go-to. But um, that being said... I wrote it like right around the time Nico quit Wanyama for a little bit. And he was kind of <laughs> on my mind when I put the lyrics together about what he was going through. And I just kind of shifted. I didn't, you know, it's not about his situation, but just someone going through that type of thing. Um, and I think I told you about that before, but. Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Um, there at least one line from it is, and then I kind of just. Built yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this one was weird. I didn't know, like, I knew it how I wanted it to turn out, but I didn't know if it would just because we didn't play it as much as we did the other ones. Yeah, I was really proud of how it turned out, and I rallied to have it be our first single, and it was. Yeah. And a lot of people liked it, I, I guess. It went over pretty well. I but I'd say did. people like Easy Four more than this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's with the with the length of it. And when we listened to it, I remember me and you talking about, it doesn't seem that long. Fuck. It's like five minutes. It's five minutes and 15 seconds. What the fuck? <laughs> Is it five? I thought it was like six. Let me, uh, hold on. Well, shit. I'm queuing up the wrong track. Either way. Either way. It is five minutes, 56 seconds. <laughs> um. Oh. Well, speaking of five minutes and 56 seconds, you want to wrap this podcast up? Because it seems like we might have gone, We've gone five minutes and 56 seconds too long here. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think, is there anything else to that I want to throw in there besides Pat's cool rhythm? Yeah, Pat played really cool percussion and the drums are really nice. 
Yeah, even his drum beat, I don't think it's like a typical reggae beat. It's got like weird fills to it. I remember Pat was trying a lot of things to change. Yeah, up no, the there's a different fall part in this song. Yeah. And if if anyone knows me and and especially you guys know, I love to play dance hall and put dance hall parts in a song. So anytime you hear a dance hall part, that's me being like, Yeah, let's do that. Because it's basically like punk reggae, metal reggae, you know. Metal reggae, punk reggae. <laughs> cool, man. Well, all right, dude. Well, thanks for potting with me. Uh, so, this yeah. was fun. We'll bring up a burn your own gasoline part two next week of some sort. Yeah. So that was the first part of our explanation and dive into our new album, Burn Your Own Gasoline. Like Dave said, we'll get to the rest of it, the remaining half next week. Um, if you want to hear any of those songs or any of our other songs, they're available on Spotify and all other streaming services, yep. YouTube and SoundCloud Bandcamp. and all that. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, look, you can look us up at C, C, letter C-level44.com. Um, that's our main website. That's where you can find all of our stuff. If you want to email us, you can email us at C note dash level four, four with the letters spelled out at gmail.com. Um, any emails you send about the show or anything like that, we'll read next time. Or um, another way to reach the podcast is at the zig at the gig Facebook. If you leave us a, a DM, if there's a question or anything you guys want to hear us babble about, you can hit yeah, us up there yeah. as well. Yeah, if you want to talk to us, you can message us there or comment on anything there. Talk to us. Um, if you want to share, let your friends know about the podcast if you like it. Uh, you know, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. If you're looking for links for those, those are all on our website. Um if you got, if anyone gives us, we appreciate any reviews you give the podcast. If you go on the podcast tab and leave any stars, you click a star and you leave any review, we'll read it live on the air. Do we want to uh, read our, our one review, yeah, I think? Yeah, why don't you pull up the review we got? I saw we got a nice, beautiful review from last week. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I got to I got to pull it up on this. If you guys leave any type of review, negative good anything positive negative we'll read it on the air we appreciate anything any sort of contact you guys give us even if it's just a one star it still helps us pop up more so we can pop up before that ziglet podcast <laughs> uh, let's see so we did get one review since i came on the podcast not surprising you know i kind of took over with a bang uh let me see uh, okay, we got four ratings, pretty good. Uh, five out of five so far, and March 28th, 2020, um, from Pissed Daddy Letter 4 4. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, this guy is uh, Zig is cool, five stars. Uh, great podcast, Zig is a pretty cool. But uh, that other dude that's been on the podcast, Coda, he's a very good-looking, wonderful man. I don't. Uh, uh, oh, that's nice to hear. That's a very nice, <laughs> nice. Huh. 
<laughs> it kind of warms my soul. Who, who did you say wrote that? That sounds it, like a nice man. Best daddy. Daddy. What a guy. What a great I guy. Appreciate, yeah. Appreciate you listening, bud. Appreciate the review. All right. Well, till then, let's hit that outro. The first...